Welcome to Because That's What Heroes Do. As listeners to this podcast know, typically Megan and I review movies and television shows from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, today we're going to start a three-part series where we look at Picard Season 2. That will lead us to live podcasting Picard Season 3 when we get caught up. So I just want to let you know that if you're looking for a Marvel Cinematic Universe for the next few episodes, it's going to be Picard Season 2. I hope you will join Megan and I in this exploration of Picard Season 2 as it was some great screenwriting, some great science fiction, some great storytelling, great visiting some old friends from Star Trek The Next Generation and going forward. So I hope you will join Megan Doherty and myself, Tom Fox, in Because That's What Heroes Do, the Picard Season 2 edition. In this episode, we take up the penultimate episode of Picard Season 2, Episode 9. I'm going to start with a short synopsis of each episode, then Megan and I will discuss it. Episode 9, Hide and Seek. The Queen, Soong, and the drones beam to La Serena, while Picard, Talon, Raffi, and Seven beam to Chateau Picard. Agnes' consciousness blocks the Queen from the ship's systems until Seven and Raffi arrive. They try to use the ship against the Queen, but she mortally wounds Seven. After they send Rios, Teresa, and her son to safety, Picard and Talon escape from Soong and the drones in the tunnels beneath the chateau. Picard recalls his mother having a mental break while they were playing hide-and-seek in the tunnels when he was a boy, which after which she ended her own life. Discussing this with Talon helps prepare, or rather, Picard to come to terms with it. Soon corners them, but Rios beams back and forces him to flee. Agnes persuades the queen to change her ways and build a newborn collective to cooperation rather than assimilation, truly becoming a newborn queen. The new queen heals Seven by adding her to the collective and then departs La Serena for the Delta Quadrant, leaving a message for Picard. There must be two versions of Renee, one who will fly the Europa mission and one who will die. And as promised, here's Megan Doherty. Megan, welcome back. Hello. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, everyone, for being here. So, Megan, I had a little more than a little trouble with this episode. I didn't feel like it was the strongest episode, and it was the penultimate episode, because, and we know it's Star Trek, so we're going to have a Big Bang 10 or finale, whatever it is. We don't know quite know yet. But the, for me, there were a few poignant moments in here, and the one I would like to start with involved Girardi and the Borg Queen. And I want to start with her the melding of Girardi and the Borg Queen. And we have that's been obviously one of the our key themes throughout this. And then the Borg Queen and Seven, and we'll take up in a minute. But I just thought, the more I thought about it, the more I thought what a perfect person to become the Borg Queen is Girardi. <laughs> and really throughout the series, because she she didn't exactly best the Borg Queen, but she did fight her to a draw. Yeah, and she, was able she to compete. Yes, and she used it during. She used a mental acuity in a way that we typically haven't seen used against the Borg Queen. 
She was able to defeat her several times when the Borg Queen tried to take over either the ship or engage in some activity. But I just thought it was delicious that Gerardi became the Borg Queen. And for those listening to this podcast, the smile Megan has is from screen to screen. So I'm going to guess you like that part too, a little bit. I loved it. I thought the idea of Agnes being able to first go toe-to-toe with the Borg Queen, she was in a weakened state, but she was so smart and so aware of what was going on and the chemicals that were in play and kind of understanding that from where... The cards she had, she couldn't stop the Borg Queen, but she could negotiate the Borg Queen down into building a better Borg. And and I want that on a t-shirt, I think. If the merch people are out there listening, please give us Build a Better Borg t-shirts. But the idea of... of <laughs> wouldn't that be great? But the idea of changing the Borg from something that consumes and assimilates to create more of a collective in the socialist communist sense, helping people, having people choose to become Borg, I thought it was a great way to play it. So that brings us to an equally poignant scene, much shorter, but given, I know you're just love of Seven of Nine and what we've seen from her in a way we've never seen before because we never saw her as fully human before. The Borg Queen, to save her life, gives her Borg nanoprobes, and this puts the Borg part of her that never left in Voyager back in, and she gets her apparatus back. She's the Seven of Nine we saw in Voyager, but she's not a human Seven of Nine. And I know Seven of Nine is really poignant to you. What did you see in that scene, or I guess maybe... How did you feel? It wasn't shocking. I figured by the end of this season, Seven would be back to having a Borg component. I think that's pretty integral to the character. And any Seven of Nine is better than no Seven of Nine, in my opinion. So I'm certainly glad that they didn't let her die in this episode, which I thought was a real possibility, for reasons I'll explain more in our next episode review. But I love how Gerardi saved her. Gerardi is, is, on the scale of things, a little newer to friendship. But she was able to save Seven's life, and Seven was able to go back to, if not her preferred form of being in her body, at least one that was still around. So I liked it. So I actually felt incredibly sad. And I felt sad for a reason that I would, of course, hearken back to the original series. And there's an episode where James Kirk goes to a planet and through a series of only Kirkian activities, loses his memory, falls in love with an Indian princess, marries her as a child. And, of course, he has to come back and lead the Enterprise, so that all goes away. And he says, for the first time in my life, I was happy. And I felt like that was Seven of Nine as a human, or Anna. She was happy. And so I felt a real sadness when... She lost that moment because she did experience through eight and a half episodes of of humanity. And we talked about the power. I think it was in the first episode where she stood in front of the mirror and just touched her face. And that was to me a really poignant scene with no dialogue and Mm -hmm. simply seven of nine looking in a mirror, proving that. Jerry Ryan's a hell of an actress. You can communicate <laughs> that emotion without speaking. But I just felt real sadness because she had, and it wasn't that she was going back to something she remembered because she had no memory of being a human. Kirk had no memory of being happy. 
certainly while he was captain of the Enterprise, maybe he was happy in the, in the academy or some other realm. But I just felt great sadness. Perhaps more cynical than you, I knew Seven of Nine couldn't die. Even if I was a little worried what, what would happen to her, I knew we, they couldn't take her away from us. And spoiler alert, give us a Seven of Nine series. Uh, I'll even, yes, please. But maybe we're headed down that route. But I just felt, she felt sad, and I felt real sadness at that scene. But you're right, she had to be saved, and it made logical sense within the story, certainly within her persona. And where the series will end, we're not going to give too much of a spoiler alert. But I was sad to see her lose that part that she had never experienced before that she did for a short time. Yeah, I think it kind of brings up, if it hadn't been for Q, she never would have had that experience at all. So the time that she got right. to experience as fully human Annika, that was a temporary gift. And I hope she found pleasure and enjoyable. And I think she did make one comment about how she felt about it. I think it was in the next episode she did, though. And But I think that she, she has spent her whole life building her personality and adjusting to and adapting to the fact that this has happened to her and this is her state of being. And I think part of it would be a shame for all of that work that she has done to go to completely to waste. So in this one, I think was when we saw the introduction of the Borg drones. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, because Gerardi made them at the end of episode eight and now has right. an army of bruiser bouncer Borg guys. And I guess I was... A little befuddled because you're absolutely right. They were bruiser bouncer guys and they were not, they were bad guys and they were going to do bad things, but they made them Borg drones. And the, um, I didn't think that was necessary because I thought, and the reason they were created was that so soon could use them to try to either kill or forestall the crew from getting back to mm-hmm. La Serena, which they eventually lost it anyway. And then to stop them from getting Renee off to the Europa mission. Did, was there anything there to soon being so tied to the Borg Queen that, that we'd missed or something? It just seemed to me to be out of left field that he did it, but he did do it. And it was this significant plot scene in, in this episode. Was there something that you saw between soon and the Borg Queen that was anything more than the appearances we saw on the screen? the Borg Queen Sansung was someone who would be quite useful. He had great wealth, he had great access, he had great information. And is there any type of person more easily led in the direction you want them to than one who desires nothing but glory? Like, it was so easy for her to get him playing into her hands. So I think he was a useful tool. And he thought he was calling the shots, but very much was not. I would go so far to even say a useful idiot. Possibly useful mad scientist. (laughs) Useful bad signs. I will say we're greatly looking forward to episode 10, and this is probably a good place for us to say sayonara. So I am Tom Fox. And I'm Megan Doherty. See you next time. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you will subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast wherever you listen to great podcasts. Because That's What Heroes Do is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. I hope you will join Megan and I next time where we conclude our exploration of Picard Season 2 by looking at Episodes 9 and 10. This is Tom Fox. Thanks so much for listening, and we look forward to visiting with you again.